This is Candidly Speaking, episode number two. A few things have happened since I posted my first episode. LeBron won a ring, and the election was only three weeks away. We're going to have a good time today talking about some things that's going on. So today on the topic, really, keep it short and sweet, talk a little bit about the NBA championship, LeBron James getting his fourth championship out there, man. So congratulations to the boy LeBron James. Um, But I'm going to talk about a little bit about LeBron James because I think there's a lot of stuff that's interesting about him. All right. So first of all, congratulations to LeBron James. I want to first address the bubble, the NBA bubble. Anybody that's spent any time in the military can understand kind of what the NBA bubble was. If you've ever been away from your family for an extremely long time and you're trying to focus on your work and you're also trying to focus on what your kids are doing and being there for your kids, that's kind of what the NBA bubble was. Now, before you guys start jumping on me, I'm not comparing being in an NBA bubble to being somewhere in Iraq, but I'm just speaking directly to the emotional aspect of it as far as being away from your family. It was hard. A lot of people didn't get the get the NBA players that that credit that it was hard. It's hard to be away from your family like that. The longest I've been away from my family, when I first got married, probably was away for about three months. But we didn't have any kids yet, so it seemed to be a little different. But when I th- when we had our first kid, the longest has been like a month, and that was really hard. That was really hard because you had no control over that. It was it was for the better, it was for career goals. Um, so a lot of people thought it wasn't a big deal. I just wanted to highlight that is that is a tough thing. That is really a tough thing to um to deal with. So I want to make it clear that I'm not here to compare LeBron to Jordan. I think that is a very tough argument. And Michael Jordan, during the last dance, actually addressed this. He said, there is no way to compare who's the greatest of all time. There's no way to identify who's the greatest of all time because everybody didn't play everybody. And I thought that was an interesting perspective from Michael Jordan, even though maybe in his mind he felt like he was that dude. But he also recognized that, hey, you can't tell me that I'm the greatest of all time because we don't know. We have no way of knowing that. I personally think Jordan was the greatest of all time, but I also agree with him that you can't. It's not something you can really say. And I say it because I grew up a Jordan fan. That's that's what we knew growing up in North Carolina. If you was a basketball fan, if you were a basketball fan at all, you were a fan of Michael Jordan for the most part. Now there were a lot of people who didn't like Mike, but um, but I did. So I'm not here to make that comparison today. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll have, uh, as LeBron referred to it as that barbershop talk. Maybe we'll have that at, at some point on a podcast. But right now, that's not what this is. But what this is is I want to talk about LeBron's place in, in NBA history, right? Not not as far as the greatest of all time. But I think LeBron is the greatest underrated player that I've ever watched play or ever heard about. And you compare him to someone or some people like Kareem, Magic, Jordan, Isaiah, Wilt. You compare him to them and it's 
it's it's no one has had to come out and plead their case more than LeBron James. The caveat to that is Isaiah Thomas, because I believe Isaiah Thomas is still fighting about how great that Detroit Pistons team um, was. And I don't think he feels the respect. And I don't believe LeBron feels the respect that he feels like he should get. He made some interesting comments at the interview with Rachel Nichols after the finals and or right after they won when he was on stage. And he's like, you know, uh, this team and the organization should get respect and I want my respect. Paraphrasing a little bit there, but that's what LeBron said. He said he wants his respect. What all time great do we know have to sit in front of a camera after winning his fourth championship to tell the people I want my respect? I think that is ridiculous. LeBron James has my respect. He should have your respect if you're a basketball fan. No matter how you believe he got his championships, no matter how you believe this happened this year, it's not his fault he couldn't play the Clippers this year. It's not his fault that the East was weak uh, a lot of those years. It's not, it's not his fault. Because what you guys are assuming or what people start to assume is that just because the East might have been a little weaker, that it was guaranteed that LeBron was going to win all those or get to the finals all those times. It's not guaranteed. Players can get hurt. I mean, he took care of his body. He didn't get hurt. He didn't have a lot of injuries. It's not guaranteed he could have gotten injured. It's not guaranteed. And I, that's one thing I wish people would stop with because I was on that bandwagon for a while. I'll be honest. I was on that bandwagon for a while. But when I sit back and think about it, it's like nothing is guaranteed. Think about the year when Tom Brady was with the Patriots. The um, the Patriots went eleven and five. I think it was Matt Castle. I think was their backup quarterback. He took them eleven and five. Brady got hurt that first game. He took them eleven and five, but they still did not make the playoffs. Insert playoffs. <laughs> but seriously, why does a great like LeBron have to? have to plead his case. LeBron's case have has been pleaded. I remember when LeBron first came to the league, uh, I was 19. He was 18. I was supposed to go down to D.C. and watch him play in the uh, Capitol Classic with my friend. And it just I, I didn't go. He went, but I didn't go. And I, I, all, all these years later, I was like, man, I wish I had made it to that. I don't know why I didn't go. I don't know what happened, but I was I was a LeBron fan at the time. Uh, I was more of a Kobe and a Jordan fan, um, but I was I was still ready to see what LeBron was gonna was gonna bring. But here's where I think the real issue lies. I think the real issue lies in the fact that the media has nothing to really critique LeBron about off the court. Right. So they have to highly scrutinize his on the court. So every little thing that he does, oh, LeBron passed. He was under pressure. He's not clutch. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's passed under pressure. And. Um, and those are fair um, evaluations. Those are fair critiques. However, they're so nitpicked down in the weeds, they don't have anything off the court to really bother him about. If you really think about it, let's just use these these three here. Use Michael Jordan. What did they come after him about all the time? His his gambling. You got Kobe, right? You know, he's he's not here to defend himself. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, but you got Kobe. Everybody knows what happened with him out in uh, Colorado that time. 
right? And then you got Magic. Everybody knows what went on with Magic in 91 after the 91 season. I believe it was after the 91 or 90 season. Everybody knows this stuff. So they could always have that stuff off the court to deal with with these players. LeBron is the only player that I can think of that is considered to be an all-time great that they didn't have anything off the court to really deal with him on. Just think about that. So now when you don't have that, now you have this extreme, this hyper-criticism of his game, right? There was there were some kinks in Jordan's game. There were some kinks in Kobe's game. There were some kinks in Magic's game. But you didn't always hear about it because they had other things to talk about. Now, again, I get it. The whole Magic thing didn't happen until that, that season. But there were other things um, that went with the Showtime Lakers that people wanted to talk about. <laughs> So, but if you think about LeBron, from what we can see from me not being in the NBA or being a reporter for the NBA, what we can see is an upstanding guy who take care, takes care of his family, who married his high school sweetheart, who came from nothing to build an empire with some of his closest friends who are out doing their own thing. I mean, looking at just Maverick Carter and Rich Paul alone, uh, and there's another guy, I can't think of his name, but there's another guy that they roll with that's just been... They've been building this empire for years. And you're talking about a guy who came in the league when he was like 18 years old. That's that's unheard of. But yet he still gets the criticism because they have nothing to criticize him about outside the court. See, the problem in the industry today is the media needs stories. They need juice. They need something to thrive off of. Oh, this athlete, he can't be that good. He can't be that good off the court. You know, he's he's a black athlete. He he does this, he does that. You know, he he can't be this. But to their surprise, LeBron has followed through. 17 years. 17 years. 17 years. Okay, we can we can debate the numbers all day long. You can debate 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 debate. I like debating about LeBron. I do. I like debating about Jordan. I do. But there are just some things that you cannot debate about LeBron. Is he an all-time great? Yes. There's no debate. LeBron is an all-time great. The debate is where you put him in all-time great, but you can't debate if he's an all-time great or not. People criticize him passing the ball. It's like, dude, did you watch the highlights of Jordan passing the ball to Paxson or to Kerr? But yeah, Jordan hit some shots and LeBron has hit some shots before. But the one thing that the weapon that LeBron has is LeBron is a good finisher. He can get to the rim. Maybe he didn't shoot a, a shot on, you know, Carmelo or any anybody in, you know, but he can get to the lane. He can get to the league. He can he can get there and make some big shots. Make some big layups. So I just wanted to address that, man. Congratulations to LeBron, man. And if I could if I could talk to LeBron, I would tell him you know, it's, it's, it's great that you got people talking about you, about your basketball game on the court. And if if somehow LeBron hears this, man, just stick with what you're doing, man. You're, you're doing a lot of good stuff. And, um, you know, people are, are heavily criticizing your basketball game because they don't have anything to criticize you on off the court. And that is that is very upstanding. And that is that is a very good thing for this society. And uh you know, regardless of people say it, uh, they'll appreciate, they appreciate you. Uh, we all appreciate what you're doing with the social causes 
And we just want to say, just continue to go on with that. All right. So that's all I had on that. Uh, congratulations again to the Los Angeles Lakers winning championship number 17. Oh, one more note before I get out here and go to commercial break. Rajon Rondo, the only player in NBA history to win a championship with the Celtics and the Lakers. How cool is that? All right, we'll be back soon. Candidly Speaking is brought to you today by Luke Burke Photography, LLC. To book an appointment with Luke Burke Photography, LLC, please visit www.l-b-studio.com. You can follow the Candidly Speaking podcast by visiting www.l-b-studio.com slash podcast on Instagram at LB underscore Studio 7 and Twitter LBurk photo underscore LLC. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Candidly Speaking. Please leave comments and send us some of your questions. Now back to Candidly Speaking. All right. And we are back. So, this next segment, we're going to kind of knock out some things with the election. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we're going to knock some things out. All right. Let's do this. All right. There were a few things during this election cycle that is being exposed that I think needs to be changed. Some things I think really need to be changed. First of all, how we nominate a Supreme Court justice, right? First of all, personally, this is just me. This is just me. I personally don't think that should be a lifetime appointment. That's just me. I, I, <laughs> I really don't think it should be a lifetime appointment. And I'm not going one side or the other here, but if you think about the scenario right now, just because it's the scenario right now, I'll talk about it a little bit. If you look at the scenario right now, you, I believe, would have, if this confirmation goes through, um, you, I believe, would have six, um, six, six, uh, justices that are more on the conservative Republican side. And then you have three that are on the democratic and they're there forever. They are there forever. So I think that's something that, that we need to look at how we, how we do that, how we, how that process works. It shouldn't be a temporary person shouldn't appoint a permanent person. If that makes sense. Right. So if you're only going to be there for a week, it's just like if you started a job, like if you're going to be at a job, you're only going to be there for three weeks. Right. And you're going to appoint every position in that job. That's going to be there long, long when you're gone. Now, I get it. That's the policy that's in place, but it doesn't mean it's a good it's a good thing. Um, I think we need to find another thing that's come up is I think we need to find a way to automate voting and solidify it right so there should never be a question about voter fraud there should never be a question about voter fraud all this it tech that we have all the cloud stuff all this verification stuff that we can do we should never 
have this issue. Somebody should be able to figure this out right now. Or do they not want to figure it out? Do they not want to figure out a system? You got some smart people in this world. And you're telling me they can't figure out a system. I know a few people that I used to work with in the IT world that could probably figure out a system in about a week. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to figure it out. Um, another thing, another Congress, Congress needs limits, right? Why is, why is there a congressman who served for 30 years? Like, why are you there? Why are you there? And they're not there for the money. I can guarantee you that most of them are not there for the money. Most of them are there for the power that it gives them. That's any side. Most of them are not there for the money. It's accurate. Some of them are there and they honestly want to serve the public. Just like in the military. Some people are there because that's what they want to do. They want to serve. Some people are there because they wanted their school paid for. Some people are in Congress because they want the power. Some people are in Congress because they really want to serve America. I don't know anybody in Congress only for the money. So we have to figure out how to how to how to change that up a little bit. <sighs> One more thing. We have an age limit for the president. Right? You have to be 35, I believe, to run for president of the United States. Why isn't there an age maximum? <laughs> Like, really think about that. Why isn't there an age maximum? Like, 65 or something. Why? Look, why? I want to be respectful here. But why? Here's, here's, what, here's what I'm trying to say. At some point, being 75, 80, you know, you're you're some people are transitioning in their age at that time. And you're living at you're living at such a high risk. Why don't we why don't we put an age maximum on that? Is it because then they can say that that's age discrimination? Maybe. But I, I just I just think that there if there's a minimum, then there should be a maximum. If you can put a minimum, then you can't say that the age that there's age discrimination on a maximum. That's just my opinion. You can't say that there's an age discrimination on the maximum if you're saying that there's a minimum because then that would be considered age discrimination. So maybe I don't know. I don't know, but I, I feel like there should be some type of limit, right? And there should be some type of requirement for a previous service right it doesn't have to be military service it doesn't have to be anything like you've had to have served in some type of public capacity for a certain number of years and understand what it's like to be a public servant i've worked a job in the past i won't i won't name where or what i was doing but i, I worked a job where you will bring in someone who was politically appointed and that person could have served 50 years in a private sector, never knew anything about the government. They come into government for four years and they're trying to learn everything. By the time they learn what they need to learn, it's time for them to leave because they're a political appointee. These are inherent problems in our systems that I think we need to, to look at. I'm not saying there, anything is wrong. If, if, if somebody can run for president at 80 years old and they can pass the cognitive, cognitive testing, then okay. 
But I'm just saying this is something that we really need to look at. We really need to consider this. And I don't think we have. So choose your president. But more importantly, choose your Congress. Before you vote, file your ballots, make sure you look and see who's on the ballot for your, if, see what seats are available. If you have a House seat available, um, if you have a Senate seat, it's only two Senate seats, but if you have a Senate seat available, um, you know, make sure you're looking at those things. Because if you really think about it, if Joe Biden is elected, but the House remains majority Democrat and the Senate remains Republican, you're going to have a hard time getting anything done. <laughs> so you got to think about it from that perspective, right? You, you, the Congress is going to be important. And that's another thing that probably needs to be changed. But I don't, I'm out of ideas, right? I'm out of ideas. Because if you have a full blue Congress and a blue president and they're just passing everything with no checks and balances, you know, unless, you know, you have enough close enough to where some Republicans can jump in there. But usually that's not going to be the case. And I can't remember a time where we've had all blue or all red. I don't really remember a time. Maybe there was early 2000s, maybe. Um, I don't remember an all red, but I, I think I remember an all blue uh, not too long ago. But I, I think we have to we, we have to we have to think about some of these things, how we do this. All right. One more thing I want to really, really kind of talk about is uh, I mentioned this earlier as the Supreme Court justice. You know, her, her name is the Honorable Amy Coney Barrett. And I didn't look a lot at the, the hearing, but I did reach back and hear something what Senator Harris asked her. And I thought the, the response was a bit, um, a bit interesting, I should say, a bit interesting. And, and Senator Harris basically asked her if she had heard what the president said about he's looking for a judge who will strike down the Affordable Care Act. And Senator Harris was straightforward. She said, I would just appreciate a yes or a no answer. And um, I think uh, Honorable uh, Barrett was saying, I, I can't, basically, I can't commit to saying that I've heard that. I, I don't recall hearing that. This is why I say this process needs to be revamped. Because if you're if 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 you're going to be questioned and you're you have no obligation to answer the question and the people who are putting you in office who have enough votes to put you in office it doesn't matter what senator harris asked because in this situation her her vote or her her vote of confidence or whatever you want to call it her literal vote wouldn't matter because one side has enough votes to get it done so 
I, I don't know. Those are just some things that I wanted to to kind of talk about tonight. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Um, I say tonight, but I don't know when you guys are going to actually be listening to this, if you're going to listen to it, but I hope you do. And, um, you know, one the last few items, I, I just, I cannot express enough to go out and vote. You know, it's, it's easy to focus on the president and the vice, you know, all, you know, it's easy to focus on that, but make sure you put some heavy emphasis on your, your congressman. I will be honest. I don't, I didn't know until I looked at the ballot who was running in the state. I used to get emails to tell me, but I, I didn't get any this year. I, I don't know if that was by accident or, or on purpose, but I used to get an email saying, you know, these people are running or I would be able to Google it easily and say, oh, these people are running. Okay, well, let me read a little bit about what they stand for. So take on those local elections and, you know, make sure, make sure, because these are going to be people that are making rules about your local businesses when all this craziness is, is done and, you know, they're, you know, they're, um, you know, the, the cities are basically able to legislate uh, how they how they need to. Right now, the states are heavily legislating everybody because they almost have to. Um, but just just make sure. Uh, watch, listen and learn. Um, <laughs> my favorite quote that I learned some years ago was from uh, John Wooden, legendary coach. And he says, uh, do not mistake activity for achievement. Just because you see people doing stuff don't mean they're accomplishing anything. Now, in that last part I just put in there, I think a lot of times we get caught up in that. We get caught up in watching what other people are doing. I've gotten caught up in that before. I've gotten caught up in that before. But it's important to focus on what you got going on. It's important to focus on building yourself up. It's important to focus on strengthening the things that you can do. A lot of people are going to tell you what you can't do. There are some people that are close to you who don't know if you can do it. But you don't have to go out there and prove them wrong. It's kind of like LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron doesn't have to prove anybody, prove anything to anybody right now. But I'm sure it just eats at him so much that he's done so much and committed so much of himself, so much of himself to, to his craft and to this game and to you know, the growth of the game, and he's committed so much of himself to it and to not get the respect that he deserves. I'm sure he's frustrated. However, what I believe LeBron has to do is sit back and say, you know what, I'm LeBron James. I'm living my wildest dream. I bet some nights this guy's up and he's looking and he's like, man, I can't, I can't believe this. I mean, I'm nowhere near where he is as far as like, you know, money and all that stuff. But I look at where I came from and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm so thankful I'm here. I'm, I'm thankful that, that God has blessed me to be where I am. So I just, just want to kind of say this in my closing remarks to everyone, man, just, just be encouraged, man. Keep, keep grinding. Um, all the stuff that we're going through right now as a country one day it'll be over. One day it'll be over. Things will return back to some type of normalcy. You may think different. You may see things different. You may respond different. But things will things will start to work out. Our country has been through some some hard times before. And you'll you'll we'll start to find our way. We'll start to find our way. 
we just have to get there are some baselines that need to be set before we can really get back on track so stay encouraged i hope you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast today uh episode two of candidly speaking um i will still have my guest i will still have my guest i just haven't uh made that happen yet and uh been kind of difficult to make anything happen outside of what you're focusing on uh your regular work and your creative work and your home life and you know it's it's a lot of stuff so forgive me i will get to that we'll start having some interviews and i hope you guys will enjoy those interviews but for now we are done so i hope to hear from you guys feel free to email me call me Text me if you have my number. If you don't, you can always ask. (laughs) If you want to talk, you want to ask about something, you want to be a guest, just give me a call. All right. Episode two. Finally done. Man. Appreciate it, y'all. This is good. Peace.